Praise the Lord. This is Pastor Jerry once again bringing you the Word of God. It is always an honor, always a privilege to bring you the Word. Praise God. So glad you're connecting with us. Today, once again, we're going to jump right back into Ephesians 6. Praise God. Ephesians 6. Last week, we started talking about some things about the armor of God, and we're going to continue to do that for the next few weeks. Verse 10, please, of Ephesians 6 says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, to stand therefore, amen, having gird your waist with truth, is what we're going to talk about today, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, taking the shield of faith, with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one, and take the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, praying always. Now you notice here, it didn't, didn't, you know, it isn't the start of a new sentence. It's just, it's still the same thought being said here. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful or vigilant or awake to this end with all perseverance or all um, persistence is another word there and supplication for all the saints. So obviously, he's talking about putting on this armor because you're going into prayer, okay? It's a fight, obviously, but you're going into prayer, amen? Not just about it affecting you, but affecting the lives of others, okay? He goes on, and also, verse 19, and for me, that utterance may be given to me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that it, or probably that in it, I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. So in other words, you're saying not only are you going to be praying for all the saints, but you're going to be praying for me. Now the idea, obviously, you know, when you start thinking about the armor of God, you know, we're talking about, uh, you know, a fight. There's a fight. You know, we have a, a cross to bear. We have a race to run. We have a fight to fight, you know, and uh, we have to understand that. So last week I began to talk about a lot of this, talking about staying in the fight, doing what it takes uh, to stay with it, praise God. And, and what you see here is putting on armament. And I will say this, too. I'll just kind of toss this in the mix here. Uh, you notice that the armament's basically covering all the front. It ain't covering the backside. It's covering the front side. And I just uh, throw that out, okay? We're not, we're not a people that, uh, you know, that sound retreat. We don't turn and tuck tail and run. Uh, we're a people that get into this thing. And, uh, of course, this is a, talking about a fight, praise God, resisting your enemy, standing against your enemy, opposing your enemy, uh, praise God, in the area of prayer, amen, taking a stand, not only for your life, not only for your household, but also for others, praise God. So understand that the importance of this is not just affecting you only, but affecting the lives of those around you, amen. And as Paul said, and praying for me. So, you know, even as a pastor, I say I rejoice when I have uh, believers in the house and those around the world that uh, lift us up in prayer and uh, pray that we, uh, we too have uh, uh, the wisdom of God on how to say and what to say and what to do. Praise God. So we appreciate all the prayers that go up uh, on behalf of us here. 
So anyway, just thought I'd say that. Let's go back to verse 10. Uh, last week, of course, we took a lot more time. We dissected a lot of these verses here. Today, we're just going to briefly touch them and then get into what we have to do today. So verse 10, again, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord. Be enabled or empowered, infused. Uh, be strong in the Lord. Now, that's talking about an area of submission to his lordship. In the Lord is referring to a submission, a, a yielding, a surrendering unto him, unto his lordship. Uh, be strong in the Lord, all right, and in the power. In other words, submit or yield to his power, uh, his power, the power of his might, okay? It says here, uh, in the power of his might. The word might literally means uh, an ability to accomplish anything. Okay, so we're talking about the power, his miraculous power. And so it's saying not only be submitted to his lordship, but be submitted to his ability, okay, which is huge, okay. Uh, you know, be submitted to his lordship. We know that in uh, James 4 and 7 it says, submit to God, resist the devil, and he flees. In other words, it always works better when you're first submitted unto him. Amen. Submit yourself unto God. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might, in other words, in his ability. In fact, Acts 17, a verse we used last week again, uh, verse 28, it says, uh, you know, in him we live and move and have our being. In other words, as we submit ourselves to him, amen, there's that power, that ability, that what we need, amen, the, the ability to accomplish anything. We can move forward, we can accomplish, we can be who we're called to be because we're submitted unto him, all right? So all that's necessary when it comes time uh, to, uh, you know, this warfare against the enemy, putting on the armor that's all key. He's saying this whole time, amen, it's still submitting unto him, it's still yielding to him, it's still uh, leaning on him, uh, you know, and not letting yourself get caught up in doing all this in your own strength, all right? So anyway, verse 11 says, put on the whole armor of God. And we know that he repeats himself later in this. Put on the whole armor, which means, amen, you, there's an, the potential, I could say, of not putting on the whole armor, just putting on pieces of it. Or, or, not being aware of what you have. That's part of it. We kind of touched on that a little bit uh, last week. You know, you can, uh, you know, not a, be aware of each piece of armor, what it means, okay? Each one has a specific uh, purpose, has a meaning, okay? It's, there's a reason it's there. There's a reason he says put on the whole armor of God, and it says that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. In other words, the plotting, the scheming, the manipulations, the things that he does. And as we brought out last week, you know, the word says don't be ignorant of his devices. But you have to understand that everything that we're talking about when it comes to the enemy, uh, it's, it's dealing with a mental game. It's the mental warfare. It's the thoughts that bombard you. He's trying to mentally attack you. The pressure that comes usually is going to be a mental attack. Now, even the things that happen to you physically we're not denying all that, but you notice that even when all the physical things around you that begin to try to pressure you and push on you, understand that what it does, really, it's the mental attack, okay? You might have stuff physically coming at you, but it's what it does to you mentally, all right? Because if you can stay mentally in the game, I guarantee you, you win, all right? And the enemy knows that. So here comes all the thoughts. Here comes all the pressure. Here comes all the stress. Here comes all the anxiety. You know, here comes all the torment, okay? And he's just mentally trying to wear you down, get you to quit. And that's what he does. So it says you have to put on the whole armor of a God, right? It says we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, verse 12 here. Uh, so the point being is my fight's not with, with flesh and blood. My fight's not with you. Your fight's not with me. You know, I want to say this too. Your fight's not even with yourself. When you really, as we get into this 
uh, when you start looking at the armament, you're going to find out your fight's not even with you. Sometimes, you know, we, we become our own worst enemy, and it, it does happen, okay? But in all honesty, your fight's not with you. Your fight's not with your neighbor. Your fight's not with your employer. Your fight's not with your employees. Your fight's not with your family member. Your fight's not with your extended family, all right? And don't get me wrong. There might be people out there who maybe yield to the wrong things, okay? They might submit themselves unto the enemy in, in some cases, okay? Uh, we're not denying that, okay? But understand, if you're always looking at people like they're, they're your problem, if you're always looking at you like you're your problem, I'm going to guarantee you right, you're going to already be hindered, all right? So you have to understand who your enemy is, and then it goes on. It says our fight is against, what, principalities, okay, powers, against rulers of the darkness of this age, and spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Now, we took the time last week and kind of defined all that out and showing you that the demonic, uh, you know, really the demonic influence, at what levels and that kind of stuff. And really, that's all it's talking about is different demonic, um, maybe different levels of demonic influence. Maybe that's a better way of saying it, okay? And so understand that it doesn't matter what level of demonic influence is coming against you, you still have authority over it. You still have uh, the name of Jesus. You still have the word of God. You still have your armor. Okay, I'm just, we can go on to the spirit of God. Amen, the helper with you. I mean, it doesn't matter. You always have authority over whatever it is. Amen, but just understand sometimes uh, how it works. Okay, how the enemy slithers in there and begins to dominate your thinking, begins to bring the warfare, okay, the stress, the anxiety, the, the fear, on and on it goes. Okay, understand how it works, okay? So, but understand also that you have authority over it, all right? Then, verse 13, therefore take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand, that word literally means resist or oppose, okay? Resist or withstand in the evil day, all right, which means literally uh, a, a day of pressure. Okay, a day uh, where here comes the attack. Okay, so no matter what we're talking about in the evil day, and having done all to stand, you stand. Amen. Hallelujah. Having done all to stand, you stand, therefore. Okay, so in other words, you're doing everything you're called to do, and you stay with it. And that's kind of what we stressed on last week, of the fact that we don't, you don't back out of this thing. You stay in it. Amen. And if you stay in it, you win, praise God. Don't let the enemy beat you uh, with some kind of head game, some kind of head trip, all right? You stay in this thing, amen, put the armor on and win. So today, praise God, we're going to go look at verse 14 here, Ephesians 6, 14, and we're going to talk about this thing called the belt of truth, all right? So it's having stand, it says, stand therefore, having gird your waist with truth. So it's talking about putting on a belt of truth, okay? It's the first piece of armament that it mentions. Now, I'm just going to tell you today there's a reason for that, okay? It's critical to understand what this means, all right? So let's define it like we always do with everything. Let's define it and get some, uh, some insight and pull some meat out of this. The word truth, all right, means to be true, okay? It means sincerity of mind, which is going to be key. Sincerity, sincerity is going to be a key word here. So sincerity of mind, integrity of character, all right? It means free from pretense and facade. Free from pretense and facade. Now, this is what this, this word truth as a, the belt of truth here is what it's talking about. So here's what it is not saying. Sometimes we've got to understand what it's not saying, okay? It's not referring to conformity to fact, reality, or some real state of things 
or correct opinion. So what it is not saying, it's not saying here, put on a belt of knowing everything. Okay, put on a belt so you have all the right opinions or the right thoughts. Now, don't get me wrong. It's good to have more, you know, you know, to not be ignorant of things. But this is not what it's referring to, okay? Sometimes people talk it like that's what it is, but that's not what it's dealing with, okay? It's not saying you got to know things, okay? Okay, it's more about, amen, this thing of sincerity, being real, okay? No facade. In fact, let me define that again. Uh, to be true, sincerity of mind, integrity of character, free from pretense and facade. It is not referring to conformity, to fact, or reality, or the state of things, or even correct opinion. But to nothing hidden is what it refers to. Nothing hidden or nothing concealed is what this word means. It means to be genuine. Honest, straightforward, sincere, real. These are all synonyms that fit this, okay? No facade. Please hear this, child of God, okay? When we're talking about going into battle here, when you're talking about fighting your enemy, okay, the last thing you want to do is be vulnerable to the enemy, okay? Now listen, no facade, no falsehood, no hypocrisy, no uh, portrayal of what is not, in other words, no game playing here, okay? When you're talking about it, see, this is where it starts. It starts with being real. If we're going to go into battle, we put on this armor, amen, we have to understand that it's important to go into this thing being real, okay? Hallelujah. It's hard to, uh, please hear this, it's, it's hard to overcome your enemy when you're playing his game or when you're playing on his field, Okay? Okay, now uh, let, me, let me explain that. If you're going to play a facade, you've automatically attached yourself to the father of lies. Okay, if you're going to be a playing a facade, you know, hypocrisy, I mean, all that, you're attaching yourself to the father of lies. If you're going to have all hidden motives all the time, <clears throat> then what you've done is you've attached yourself to the deceiver. Please hear this, all right? When we are critical without sincerity, we attach ourselves to the accuser. So all this is talking about being real, okay, and not allowing any of this other stuff to slide in here. Hallelujah. So instead of standing against your enemy, we're now vulnerable to him. Okay? We're now an easy target. That's why it says you got to stay real here. Okay? you got to stay real. It starts with being real. See, a lot of times we got people trying to push the enemy out the front door and got the back door wide open. Okay? And what he's talking about is it's time to close the back door, close the windows, everything else, and then begin to push your enemy back. Okay, now hang on to this, okay? Praise God. The belt of truth is critical, okay? Because without it, without it intact, without it on right, okay, you're not only an easy target. Now listen to me, you're not only an easy target, you have to understand that this piece of armament affects the rest of them. And you're going to see that every week as we get into it. You'll see why it's so important, all right? See, if you're not going to be real, you're automatically become vulnerable to the enemy. And here you're trying to push him back, and the whole time you're just giving him place. Now I want you to hear this, okay? Please. This is why the Word of God is so clear. Uh, in 1 Corinthians 11, it says, judge yourself. In other words, stop, hesitate, discern some things. 1 Timothy 4 talks about taking heed to yourself. Now, I'm kind of jumping ahead a little bit, but the bottom line is, okay, this is all talking about, you know, the, re the importance of, of making sure you got you in check, Okay, that's why it's important 
to discern things within yourself, to take heed to yourself, to examine yourself once in a while, okay? We're not playing games here, all right? If you're going to resist your enemy, you can't be in a game-playing mode as far as, you know, not being real, okay? We get into this thing to win it, and if we're in this thing to win it, then you can't be playing the same game the enemy's playing, okay? You can't be, you know, giving him place everywhere and then think you're going to push him back. So when we're talking about a belt of truth, and I've kind of really hammered on this, but if we're talking about the belt of truth, this is what we're dealing with, okay? It's not just about you knowing all the facts or having all the information or having the right opinions or, you know, not being ignorant, okay? That's not what it's talking about, okay? Although those are good things, right? But what this is dealing with is about being real, being sincere, okay? Uh, No facade. No hypocrisy, no falsehood here, okay? Being real, okay, is so critical, all right? With that said, let's go to John chapter 4, please. John chapter 4. And I'm going to kind of take a text, um, again, really kind of a common text here. But I'm going to give you a fresh look at it today. John 4, please. And verse 23 and 24. John 4, 23. Now, what's going on in context? Jesus is talking uh, to the uh, Samaritan woman uh, at the well, okay? And there's a dialogue going back and forth, and I really don't have time to go into all that, but, okay, she, you know, you know she realized who she's talking to here in a sense, and so she's got some thoughts about God, and he's kind of bringing some clarity about that, okay? And he says this, uh, verse 23, but the hour is coming, And now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship Him. God is spirit, and those who worship Him must worship Him, get this, in spirit and truth. Now, I used to always have a kind of an opinion about that, talking about the importance of spiritual matters and the the Word of God and all that. And and, and it's not wrong. I think that's obvious, you know, as far as a balance, as far as how you're going to operate as a church and operate as an individual. Okay, but this is not really what he's talking about here, especially when you kind of get into the context of the conversation. Okay, but he says God's looking for true worshipers. Literally means uh, sincere worshipers. Real worshipers, okay? People that are sincere, okay? People that are open to God, okay? Sincere with God, real with God, okay? And it says, we'll worship the Father in spirit and truth. For God's seeking that, right? Seeking for people to worship Him that way, okay? Verse 24 again, God is spirit. He clarifies that. God is spirit, okay? And those who worship Him must worship in spirit and truth, okay? Now, I just want you to hear this, okay? Here's some references. Hebrews 4 and 13. It says this, And there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. Hebrews 4, 13. There is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. Luke 12, verse 2. Let me give you that too. For there is nothing covered that will not be revealed nor hidden that will not be known or made known, okay? Now, the bottom line is, okay, what he's talking about is nothing's hidden from God. God is spirit, okay? God understands, knows what's going on. God sees everything. He knows it. I mean, he knows all the behinds of things. He knows where you're at. Get this now. He knows whether you're real or not real. 
He's looking for real worshipers. See, true, truth, real, to be real. Those that are real, those that are sincere. Okay, no facade. He's looking for that, okay? He's looking for a people that are going to worship him and be real, okay? And that's so key in spirit and in truth. Amen. There's that word again. Now, the, one of the key words of that definition of that word truth is sincerity, okay? It's a key word, sincerity, which again means a sense of straightforwardness or genuine, uh, uh, no, nothing artificial, no facade, Okay, and that's what it's referring to. Now, with that said, um, let's go to um, Joshua chapter 24. Let's do that. Joshua 24, please. Joshua 24. Now, get a hold of this as far as sincerity. God's looking for true worshipers, those who will worship in spirit, and in truth, okay, being real, being sincere, okay. He's looking for real worshipers, okay, people that are not going to be playing games, okay. No facade, okay, not trying to portray one thing and then doing another, okay, not just coming to church to raise your hands and trying to get everybody else impressed. Uh, come on now, nothing wrong with raising your hands in church. I'm just saying that, you know, we're not here to try to, uh, to portray that we're something we're not. Okay, we're here to really worship God, to, to lean on God, trust in God, submit to God, amen, and be real about it, all right? All right, and this is where it starts, all right? Now, <clears throat> the word sincerity, okay, because it's really a key word in this, uh, comes from a, a word sincera, okay, is the word. And it was used uh, in biblical times. Um, what it was is a word that... Um, Maybe I'll say it, uh, the potters, the, those that, that made pottery, okay? They would make their pottery, you know, they'd, they'd form it, and they'd put it in the, in, in the uh, kiln, and they'd, they'd heat it, and they'd, uh, you know, they'd, they'd try to make decent pottery to sell at the marketplace, okay? Uh, or to, for whatever, whatever other reasons. But the bottom line was it's, it's made to be used, okay, by other individuals, uh, this, these vessels are made to cook food in or to hold things or whatever. Okay, so the word sincera is a word that they use. They would sell, maybe they'd have like two tables, so to speak. Okay, now hear this. Two tables. Okay, one, okay, they had all this pottery on it, and, and, and the other one it would say sincera on the other one. Okay, and what sincera means is no wax. No wax. Now, the reason that's important is because these potters would make, you know, these, this pottery, and they'd form the vessel. They'd heat the vessel till you know, it was baked and done all that, and, you know, and now it's a vessel that can be used. But sometimes those vessels form cracks. Somehow it didn't heat right, or somehow it just it wasn't, it wasn't uh, uh, uniform in, in how it was being baked or whatever, and it would form a crack. Now, you know, you would think, well, okay, you're just going to have to pitch that, that pottery. Well, not necessarily. So what they would do is they would take wax, and they'd heat wax, and they'd put it in that crack, and they'd seal uh, that crack, and then they would, you know, decorate it, paint it, whatever they did. But the bottom line is they couldn't sell it 
on, in the marketplace as just a normal piece of pottery that could be used like in the kitchen, so to speak, uh, you know, cook and stew or whatever with. They couldn't do that because you can imagine if you take a piece of pottery that has a, a crack filled with wax, you put that on the stove, you put that on, the, on a fire, and guess what? That wax is going to melt. And everything that's in that pot, any kind of liquid form, is going to run out that crack because the, the wax is now melted and, and, and then, you know, dripped off, you know, kind of a deal. The point I'm trying to make is, okay, see, if sincerity is about being real, no wax. Because when the heat's turned up and if there's a crack, the enemy's going to find it. And believe me, all right, not only will God know it's there, the enemy always seems to find out because that's a place now that he comes in, all right? That now gives an open door to the enemy. That's why it's so important to be real with God. That doesn't mean that you're accepting of everything bad. What it means is that, in a sense, is you're just being real about where you're at, okay? Now, Joshua, here in, in, in chapter 24, uh, we're going to read a kind of a common text here again, but let's see it now in the light of, of, of what's going on here. In verse 14, Joshua 24 and 14 says, Now therefore fear the Lord. Now this is Joshua addressing primarily the leaders, okay, but, but there's probably more than just leaders there, but he's addressing these people. They've already went in. They've already taken the promised land. They've already divided out this land amongst all the tribes. And now he's addressing them, okay? He said, fear the Lord, serve him in sincerity and in truth, and put away the gods which your father served on the other side of the river in Egypt. Serve the Lord. In other words, amen. So he's the one we're leaning on. And if it seems evil to you, in other words, that word there just means pointless or meaningless. If it seems evil or pointless or meaningless to you, serve the Lord. Choose for yourself this day whom you will serve. Get real about it. All right? Whether the gods which your father served on the other side of the river or whether the gods of the Amorites in which, whose land you're now in. But as for me, now remember this, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That's common text, and that gets pulled out a lot of times and used, and it is. It's a wonderful, wonderful text. Amen. And, and most people have that on, on, you know, things on their desk or on wall hangings, all kinds of stuff. They'll take that, that statement there, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. But this is what Joshua's talking about, okay? Then it goes on, okay? Verse 16, so the people answered and said, well, far be it from us that we should forsake the Lord and serve other gods. In other words, they have this dialogue now that goes on. Joshua's warning them, you better get real. Okay, otherwise you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna slip and fall and be just like uh, your fathers of old, everything that they did. And you remember now, this is a generation, their previous generation, all their fathers died in the wilderness. Now remember that, okay, they, because due to their, uh, you know, due to their uh, disobedience and all the things, and not, not going to get into all that, but the bottom line is, he said, that generation is not going to go in and see the promised land. So they roamed around in a wilderness for 40 years until that generation died off. Now this next generation goes in, and he's now, okay, we go in, we take all these, uh, you know, these different uh, uh, cities and all the stuff that they take. Now, in fact, 
I think there's like, uh, let's see, I think there's like uh, 32, 33 different battles, okay, that they had. Of course, they went in, they did Jericho, then they did Ai, they had a problem there at Ai, they went back, got that all resolved. And then they, I think it was like, a, after that, it was like another 31 or two other victories they had after that. Now, the point is, is that, okay, this generation goes in, has all these victories, and yet, okay, he divides up all the land, and yet Joshua still stops and says, listen, okay, let's make sure that you're going to serve God. Okay, let's make sure that you have the fear of the Lord here, okay, and you're going to have to serve God in sincerity and truth. In other words, you're going to have to get real about where you're at. Because if you don't, you're going to do just what your fathers did. Or you're going to follow suit of what the people of this land have done. Okay? And they're all arguing. They're, they literally get in this dialogue. that says, we ain't going to do that. There's no way we're going to do it. He said, listen, as for me and my house, we've already settled it. Okay? Uh, we're, we're going to serve God. Stay real with God. Keep moving forward in God. And he says, if you want to do that, you're going to have to be sincere and real. If you don't get serve God in sincerity and truth, <clears throat> if, if you don't get real, then what's happened is you're going to slide back and you're going to do exactly what your fathers did. And they're like arguing with him. Ah, oh, that ain't going to happen to us. Well, guess what? It happened to them. One long, it's like even the next generation already. They're already, uh, you know, uh, you know, backsliding and, and having issues and problems because everything of what Joshua was talking about. Now, here we are talking about the belt of truth, why this is so important, okay? We got to be real. Now, what, what you see in this text, and I just, this is just something I pulled out. I'm, I'm hoping that you can see this, uh, but if we're going to get real, we're going to have to stay real about some things, okay? About our position, our condition, and oppression. I want you to hear that. Okay, this is the way I'm going to I'm going to word it today. Our position, our condition and our oppression. Okay, what I mean by that. And this is what Paul's talking about or or probably what Joshua's talking about here. Actually, it's what Paul talked about in the in the new covenant, too. All right. But in other words, your position before God, how do you stand right now? Where are you at right now with God? Okay, where do you are you real about that? Are you really moving toward God? Are you really in love with God? Are you loving God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength? Okay? Because a lot of people say that. They agree with that mentally. Okay? They agree with that. They have that mental assent, okay, uh, that they agree with it, but they're not really there. They're not real about where they're at. Okay? And which now makes an inroad. So your position before God, your condition within yourself. So in other words, where are you at right now? Okay? Is there indifference in there? Uh, is there, uh, is there, is there a, a fervency in you or not? Or are you lacking that fervency? Is there a compassion in you or not? We can go on and on. We could probably come up with a hundred different things here. But the bottom line is, are you real about where you're at? Not only about your position, before, but your condition within. Are you real about where you're at? Now, this is all necessary. Because when you go up against the enemy, believe me, God's not the only one that knows where you're at. The enemy will find those little cracks. He'll find that and push the heat up. And when the heat's up, the wax begins to melt. And guess what? Now it's all out there for everybody to see. Now you got everything just leaking out everywhere. (laughs) You know what I mean? All right? So not only your position before God, not only your condition within, but also the oppression of the enemy. And what I mean by that, and this is what he's asking them. This is what Josh was talking to them about. He said, listen, okay, if you still got a pull, toward the gods of your fathers, or you have a pull toward the gods of these, this people here in this land, he says, we're going to have a problem. 
Oh, no, we don't do that. But what happens is they don't get real about it, okay? They don't get real about where they're at. They don't get real about the fear, about, uh, you know, all the things that the enemy can do, the torment. uh, uh, People get offended. Sometimes, you know, people get offended about things, and somebody says, are you okay? Oh, yeah, I'm fine. No, you're offended. You got to deal with it. You don't get real with that. Now, that's that's something the enemy gets in there and begins to weasel his way into your life through that stuff. And here you are now having to face your enemy in the area of prayer, and you're just getting beat up. You know, you might have tried to be pushing him out the front door, but here he is now coming in the back door. Child of God, I hope you're hearing this. That's why it's so important to put on the belt of truth, so important about being real. Now, I want you to hear this, okay? Uh, you know, being real, again, is not about just acceptance of everything, saying, okay, that's what I, what I have, that's my problem, and, and just leaving it there. It's really about admitting the fact within, and I'm not telling you, please, don't walk away from this saying, I have to go tell everybody all my faults, tell everybody all my problems. That's not it at all. It's about being real with yourself, being real before God, amen, and at times even real with others, okay? Okay, no facade here. Man, this explains why a lot of times people, man, it looks like they're, they're, you know, serving God, moving forward in God, and all it takes one little pressure moment, and they quit and they're giving up, they're backing up, they fall to something because they were never really real about where they were at. And that's just the facts, all right? Now, what's so cool about uh, the Scriptures here, if you go to Psalms, Psalms 139, please. And I, like I said, a little earlier, I kind of, let the cat out of the bag a little bit, talking about, uh, you, know, uh, you know, judging yourself and taking heed to yourself. But get this, God's here to help you with that. Amen. And that's why we first submit to God, right? That's why we first, come on now, are strong in the Lord, right? And in the power of His mind. We're first submitted unto Him first. Okay, we first go to Him, and as we go to Him, the Word says, then we can resist our enemy and He'll flee, Right? This is why it's so important, all right? Oh, I hope you're hearing this today, child of God. Psalms 139, please. And verse uh, 23, it says this. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxieties. Or that literally means my thoughts, okay? The thoughts that I'm having right now. And see if there is any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting praise God hallelujah hallelujah now get this if we will seek God all right if we'll go to God honestly and just like the 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 psalmist is saying here Lord search me you know check me out in fact uh, Psalms 26 and verse 2 it says this the psalmist says examine me O Lord examine me Lord amen and prove me and try my mind and my heart in other words Take a look inside. Is there, is there something in me that's not right? There's something about that when you begin to go to God, if you will go to God, being real before God, God can begin to talk to you about things and eliminate all the pitfalls where the enemy's trying to get you. Just being real about it. Amen. Just being real about uh, where you're at with God, being real about where you're at inside, being real about uh, what, where the enemy's kind of having a hold on you. Amen. And again, I am not asking anybody to go around blabbing all your issues and problems to everybody. But I am saying somewhere along the line, you've got to get real with yourself about it. And you've got to get real with God about it. And what the psalmist is doing here is saying, Lord, 
Check me out, all right? If there's, if there's something in here that's given the enemy a place, then let's deal with it, all right? And he's not just saying, you know, show me what it is and then not deal with it. He's, you know, he, come on, he has, he's trying to be honest with God. Show me what I need to work on. Show me where I need help. Show me what I can do about this. Show me, Lord God. Hallelujah. That's why Psalmist, or pardon me, that's why Paul said, you know, uh, 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 take heed to yourself. Amen. Examine yourself. Judge yourself, lest you be judged. This is what he's doing. He's saying, listen, God will help you with all that. But if you will take the time and do that, the enemy can't get in there now and destroy your life. Now, again, I'm going to say this before I let you go here again. Remember that the whole armor coming into prayer, it's about coming into a place of prayer and warfare against your enemy. But it doesn't just affect you, child of God. It affects those you're praying for. It affects those in your life. It affects those that God has placed in your life. I mean, we can go on and on and on. See, it's not just about us. The reason we want to put on that belt of truth is not just for our own benefit, but for the benefit of others, praise God. There's something about just being sincere, being real, no facade, no falsehood, no hypocrisy, no portrayal of, of being something we're not, okay, but just being real. Amen. Being sincere. Hallelujah. Child of God, I hope you got something today. Put on the belt of truth. Praise God. Father, I just give you praise and glory. Thank you for this people that today they had an ear to hear, a heart to receive. Lord God, again, opening the eyes of our understanding that we have clarity about these things. Thank you for a people that put on the whole armor of God. That every time they face their enemy, praise God, hallelujah, they can push him right on out, praise God, and push him out for good. And we give you the praise. We give you the glory. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Child of God, I call you blessed. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to watch the video of this message, head over to vimeo.com forward slash WO Victory or go to Jerry Roberts Ministry on Roku. For more information about who we are and what we do here at Order Victory, check out the website at wovictory.org. That's wovictory.org. See you there.